Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on The Basic Podcast, where you can hear all of our latest messages, interviews, and more. Basic is a college and young adult ministry focused on uniting people to join in Jesus' work. To keep up with what's happening in our community, take a moment to follow us at Basic Worship or explore our website, basicworship.org. We hope you enjoy this episode of our podcast and that it helps you take a next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Hello, guys. I'm always, I'm always thrilled to be here. I love, I love coming to BASIC. For me, it's just a, a different kind of energy, a different kind of uh, place to be. You guys, I, I, I can feel some energy from you guys. Um, I like to think, uh, try to get my head into a college mindset. <laughs> I'm sure I don't. Uh, but so when they asked me to think about th- or talk about something that I've been thinking about for a long time, a couple of different themes came up that have been really long-term themes for me this year. You know, like nine months to 12-month kind of ponderings that I've been doing. Um, and this one, if you were at Orchard 10 days ago, you're in luck because you're going to get a second chance at hearing this. Um, because because um, I just was doing that at Orchard, and I kind of squeezed this thing into the, the theme that they had, which was um, upside down. But it's because I've been thinking so much about it, and so I'm excited to talk about what I've been thinking about for a long time. I'm going to start with this verse uh, from Colossians, Colossians 3, 1. And this verse is a verse that you, if you're going to write something down today, write this down. Write Colossians 3, 1. This verse is a verse that I think you can uh, learn over time. You can ponder over time. They can sink in over a very long period of time. I remember being on the other side of this building and telling Dave Bartlett, I've discovered this new verse. It's Colossians 3.1. And I'm so excited about it. And that was 15 to 20 years ago. And I'm still excited about that verse. So I'm just telling you, this verse is, is, is something that you can actually think about for a long time and it has enough richness in it that it'll keep up with you. So Colossians 3.1. Since then, You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. All right, so this is Paul, and Paul writes complicated sentences, right? We, We know this about Paul. Peter knew it about Paul. He even said in the Bible, Paul writes some hard things. So this is Paul, so the sentences are complicated, but I just want you to know, you can trust me when I say, that thing is good, that thing is good. That's worth it to to spend some time unraveling for yourself. And by time, I actually mean 15 years maybe, right? I ponder this verse uh, in the mornings a lot uh, as I'm sitting and doing my meditation. This verse comes to my mind a lot. And I want you to, for today, I want you to really be thinking about the middle section, which is set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's what I want you to be thinking about as we're talking. So I'm giving you this verse early because some of what I'm going to say, you know, sometimes I I make things more complicated than they need to be, and and you might need something to hold on to. This is where you can come back to. He must be talking something about setting your hearts and your minds on things. So, okay, so for nine months, this this thought has been bouncing around that starts with that verse. But then it also involves um, another kind of a verse that that was interesting to me because it's not understood very well. And that's the last verse in the Lord's Prayer. 
Lead me not into, lead me not into temptation, right? But deliver me from evil. I've been teaching the Lord's Prayer at Orchard. I've taught now all the verses of it except that. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. One reason I haven't taught it is because what do you think it means? What does it mean? Like, just think about it for a second, sort of stripped from everything else. What could it mean? Like, when you pray that, what are you asking God? Because you're saying to God, God, please don't lead me into temptation. And he's like, Sure, okay, I won't, right? I mean, this is not a thing you think that God is gonna do, right? Lead you into temptation. So what does it mean? And scholars actually aren't all that coalesced on what that means. Well, you know, there's, there's, obviously there's ideas about what it means and we shouldn't be tempted, but what does it mean for God to lead us into? So anyway, I'm getting too far down that rabbit hole. That's what I'm thinking about a, a, a year ago. What does that verse mean? Lead me not in temptation. Okay, so now, as I'm thinking about that, Easter comes along. And in Easter, there's this obvious favorite, uh, famous thing that happens besides Jesus raises. Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane with his, with his disciples, and he's gonna pray, right? He brings them along, and he says, we're gonna all pray, guys. And then, he's, and then they get there, and he says, all right, you guys stay here and pray, I'm going to go by myself and pray for a little bit. But while you're here, I want you to pray that you're not, you are not led into temptation. What? Okay. That perked my interest. Oh, here's this thing again that I've been wondering about. How does that work? Where does that come from? Lead us not into temptation. And now Jesus is saying to his disciples, the thing you need to know tonight, tonight, and this is where, this is where context starts to get uh, blending into today's context. The thing you need to know tonight, on the night before I die, on the night before the world just goes nuts, right? The world goes into chaos. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. Everything is gonna seem to you like it's completely upside down. It's completely backwards. It's completely fried, right? Your world, your world is gonna come crashing down, right? Does it sound at all like maybe a time that you're living in now, right? So Jesus is saying, on the night before your world comes crashing down, what I want you to do is pray that you're not led into temptation. Okay, so that, that's significant, right? So Jesus goes away, he prays, he comes back, the disciples are sleeping because they have no idea what don't lead me into temptation means, right? Like, I don't know. So they fall asleep. He wakes them up and he says, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you won't be led into temptation. Okay, so he says it twice. This is super important. This is what he really wants them to know. This is what he wants them to think about. Again, in the context of the world is about to go nuts. And you guys need this. This needs to be in your life. Right? Tomorrow, this is going to happen. So, what's Jesus saying? This is, what, this is what now I'm starting to think. What's he saying? What's he trying to tell them? What is he worried about about them? And so you think about, well, okay, what is temptation? What am I be not being led into temptation in the Lord's Prayer? When you pray the Lord's Prayer, if you do, and you say, don't lead me into temptation, what kind of comes into your head? Well, I'm guessing that what comes into your head is sort of normal, public temptations that people might say, oh, that's going to make you a sinner, right? I mean, it's going to be things like addictions or, or habits or 
lying or cheating or, you know, all these things, stealing something. That's what's going to come into your head when you pray that line. But now you're being challenged to think maybe that's actually not what he was talking about. Because if you think about it, do you think that's what he was saying to the disciples? Your world is about to come crashing down around you tomorrow, so don't steal stuff. <laughs> no, no, don't go to a prostitute. That's, you know, that's not what he's saying. Don't get drunk and eat a whole pizza and then get in a bar fight. That's not, that's not what he's worried about, is it? So, so it makes you step back a little and say, what is he, worri- what is he worried about? Well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is when the world comes crashing down around these guys, they're going to fall into despair and fear and infighting and hatred and discord and jealousy and selfish ambition and dissensions and factions and all this stuff. That's the stuff that's going to happen to them. Like this is what's coming up in their lives Right, Peter's going to deny Jesus, and, and John's going to wish he was fishing again, and they're going to they're go and hide from everybody because they're scared. And they're, they're just not going to be this, these sort of powerful people who are changing the world. Instead, they're going to fall into a temptation of despair and fear and infighting and factions and hatred and discord for a while. They're going to come back out of it. And that's what, that's what tempts us as the world crashes around us. And this is what months ago sort of came, came as an aha for me, like, oh my word. This is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing as the world crashes around us, all of a sudden, everyone I know is getting this like fear and despair and infighting and discord and jealousy and fits of rage and selfish ambition and dissensions. And that list that I keep saying over and over is for a purpose because you're gonna see it come back, right? But that's the kind of energy that's sort of all around us. Because that's what happens to us when our world crashes down. But Because what's happening is, let's go back to our first handhold that I gave you, right? What's happening is, you're losing sight of, you're losing sight of setting your heart and setting your mind on things above. And instead, you're setting your heart and setting your mind on things below. This, this, this act that I'm called the down and around You're just looking down and around at all the things that are happening in your life, the events that are happening, the people, the arguments, the fights, the the divisions. You're looking down and around. And the verse keeps saying, no, 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 no. Set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Where's your mind been? Just be honest with yourself. Where's your mind been almost 24 hours a day for the last year on things below? right? There's this collective energy that I was seeing suddenly in all of us. This energy, this spirit, this animating force, this motor, this lava that's under the surface that was powering us. You know, like in some eras, you see like sort of a general angst or something. In this era, we're not seeing angst. We're seeing power, right? We're seeing people who just below the surface are just ready to go at you, right? They're ready to say, you should not be doing that. This is not what we're all about. This is not who we are. They're ready to come at you with sarcasm and disgust and rage and hatred. That's what's powering us. And I see it everywhere. I see it all over. 
I see it as the system that we're living in. It's like the air that you're breathing is that kind of energy. And just a little bit of a side here, that energy is exactly the energy that you are consuming. Right? That's the energy that you are consuming. If there was a list of ingredients on the, on the, on the content that you're consuming, like there was in a grocery store, the content that you're consuming would say, this content contains sarcasm, hatred, rage, dissension, disgust. Wouldn't it? I mean, really, just objectively look at it. And I'm not blaming you. I'm saying me too. Like if I look at the content I create, it could be labeled that way. All right, so now I want to get to this Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. I have this feeling that that first half of the verse kind of trips us up and makes us not listen to the second half of the verse. You're like, I don't do any of that stuff. I'm really not into witchcraft, okay? But, but, and that's the thing I mentioned before. It's like the surface sins that you're going to think of when you think of temptations. But those surface sins, I think, come from the next list. So the, the verse keeps going. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. Wow. That's a little harder to ignore. That list there, when I read that list there, there's something about it that just smacks me straight up and says, that's, that's us. That's us. That's where we live. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. <laughs> that's us. Now listen to what it, it, how it ends. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like that will not inherit the kingdom of God. Huh. Right? Huh. That makes you really think, doesn't it? That makes you really like, I gotta ponder what's going on. And it's not, and it's, and it's, and it's everywhere because it's the air we are breathing. So, Colossians, Paul says the same kind of thing. He says this, just below the verse that I told you to memorize in Colossians 3, below that he says, but now you must rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. You must rid yourselves of these things. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. Do you, feel, do you feel the energy like that in you? Do you feel like just below the surface sometimes somebody says something about whatever it is that, and you're just like, Gah, I can't believe they think that. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they're like that. You must rid yourself of anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language. So one day, Jesus is a little bit wound up, kind of like I am right now. He's a little bit wound up about this same kind of a topic. Because the religious people of his day were, were super focused down and around on the law, on following the law, and on being good. And we get that too. 
You know, if we weren't in 2020 and we didn't have these other issues that have come up to the top of racism and COVID and the election, you know, a thing that affects us as Christians is, is us looking down and around and judging people according to a law. Like, we're really good at that part. We're super good at that part. Judging people according to a law and saying, this is right and this is wrong and this is in and this is out and this, this is the line for that. And Jesus is angry at the religious people because of that kind of behavior. And he says this, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door. Listen to these words for real. Because these are some of the harshest words you're going to hear in the Bible. You, Christians, you, I mean, they weren't Christians yet, right? You, religious folk, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves don't enter it. And you won't even let those who are trying to. Okay, for real. You guys shut the door of the kingdom of heaven on, in people's faces and you yourselves don't even enter it. And, and then you won't let people who are trying to enter it, enter it. Why? Because they were, they were so focused on in and out and this is good and this is bad and, and, and judging and separating themselves from people who were bad that they couldn't do it. And then he says this, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you do, so they did a good thing, right? They went everywhere. They tried hard to get converts. And when they do, you make them twice a child of hell as you are. <laughs> wow. You make them twice as a child of hell as you are. Because he's, again, he's saying, you're really missing the big picture. You're missing that. You're missing the up, and you're focused on down and around. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but, so they followed the law perfectly, but you've neglected the more important matters, which is justice and mercy and faithfulness. That is quite an indictment, isn't it, of down and around kinds of thinking. All right, so. It's time for us to like find our way out of these woods that I just led us into. Because really, I think the first thing I want you to do is like open your eyes and look around and see the energy that is filling us, that is filling you, that is filling me, that, is, that when you hear conversations, you can start to say, look at the power that's in that conversation. Look at the power and what it's made out of. And, and then maybe this verse from Galatians can come to your head and you can say, look what I'm seeing there. Hatred, discord, rage, fits of anger. That's what I'm seeing. That's what, exactly what Paul said I was going to see. So first I want to get that in your head. And now I want to sort of turn the corner and come out of those woods. Because there has to be an alternative, right? Because I'm just going to admit that that's where we are. That's where I have been that's where I still to some extent am, but, I, but at the end I'm going to tell you, I've been, I have actually been walking out of these woods and having a different energy. You can do it. But first you have to know where you are, right? First you have to be able to identify where you are. All right, so now, here's the new kind of way. Here's the new, the opposite lists. Paul, in every place that I've quoted about a list of bad things, almost right after it, Paul says another kind of list. So in Galatians 5, we looked at 5.22, he gives us this list. But the fruit of the Spirit is 
love, joy, peace. You've heard this, right? Of course you've heard this, but have you heard it with this kind of mindset? Love, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That, that is the energy that should be right below the surface. That is the energy that should be animating you, that should be turning the motor. That's the energy that should be trying to get out when a conversation happens. What kind of great picture is that? I mean, really, really for real think that those verses are real. <laughs> right? But the fruit of the Spirit, what should be happening in us, is, would look like love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When I read it, especially when I read it from the current place we're sitting, when I read it in the context of 2020, there's something so inviting, so, I feel like the Spirit of God is like singing these words and inviting us forward into this new thing. Like, you don't have to be where you are. This has been, this has been miserable, but you don't have to be there. You could be here, right? You could be in love, joy, peace, forbearance. Colossians 3, right where we've been talking all night. Colossians 3, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, put this on, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Right? Is that list not inviting to you? Does that list not like, whoa, that is so different from what I experience today? Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone else. Do you have any grievances? I, I don't know. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. And then Philippians 4.8 my wife's favorite verse, and one of the first verses that we taught our kids, like, memorize this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Doesn't that just say, set your mind on things above Right? The verse we start with. Set your mind on things above. Set your heart on things above. One way to do that is whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, if it's excellent or praiseworthy, think about that. Would that describe the contents of most of the content that you consume for real and honest, honest answers? It's not. It's just not. There's not enough of that kind of content to consume. So again, these verses are just calling me forward. It's the energy source that I would rather have. It's the electricity below the surface that I want to have. It's how I long to be and how I long to feel. And so again, like six months ago, when this all sort of kind of dawned on me all at one time, this, these, these pieces fit together. Since then, I've been trying to understand how can I get more to the, this list than I was in the previous list. And so I have three words for you on how you can start to do that. 
And, and I say start because it's a process. Like, I'm not telling you that I'm just purely in that. Like, I'm floating around all the days long, right? I still get angry in a way that I'm like, Kurt, come on. Simmer down now, right? Let's come back to true and noble and right. Okay, I have three words for you that are, have helped me move out of some of the woods. Word one, Dwell. Dwell on the passages above. And I use the word dwell uh, intentionally. Because there's one thing to read. There's one thing to say, yeah, I got it. Galatians. Right? It's a whole other thing to dwell on something. To ponder something. To have it sit in your head and roll around for a long period of time. To sit in the morning as I, it doesn't have to be in the morning, but as I would do, sit in the morning and just slowly, slowly, slowly ponder through the words of a verse like that. Dwell on those passages. Bring them back up for yourself. Have them available to you somehow, either in cards or on your phone, or preferably in your head. Like if you can memorize one or more of those things. Have them ready so you can use them. But dwell on them however you have it, however you get it. Sometimes if I'm trying to start dwelling on a new passage, I, you know, just unabashedly will just have my phone with me when I'm meditating and read it again. I, I'm not a great mem- memorizer. Right? So don't be embarrassed about that. You don't, you don't have to memorize it all. But try some. Okay, so dwell, dwell, dwell. Ponder. Live with them for over long periods of time. Remember when I, maybe not, but well, I remember when I was here last year and talking about how to read the Bible. And this is one way to read the Bible is dwell on it instead of just, right? Okay, dwell. Number two, fast. And I don't mean run as quick as you can. Cut back on stuff. Cut back on your consumption of discord and anger and sarcasm. The first way to do this is to start looking at it objectively. Like, I'm about to consume something here. It's CNN. Objectively, is the thing I'm about to consume actually made out of discord and anger? Probably it is. Probably it is. Objectively, look at the thing I'm about to consume and ask yourself, is that made out of these ingredients that I actually am trying to get out of my life? Fear, anxiety. And if it is, you might want to consider not reading it. Finding a different source if you think you really need that piece of information. In the last two months, I have completely quit social media. Like, like many people, I had been dwindling already. I'm like, I'm out, right? It's time to be done. Because for me, it didn't lead me to that place. Now, I do want to say, I do want to say, my wife has places in social media, she goes, that does do that that does give her these kinds of things. There are communities. So it's not Facebook is bad. That's not the message. But objectively look at the content you're reading. And if it's made out of these things, it's probably not what you should be eating right now. I've mostly quit news. I limit myself to a half an hour a day and I try to find a source that, that I don't think has, is as biased one way or the other. And that's hard, right? It's hard to, it's hard to judge that. It's hard to know that. But I've limited myself to half an hour a day. So do you think I don't know what's going on? I know, I know too much still. <laughs> right? You can't get away from it. Right? I mostly quit that. I've, I have quit comedy that's built out of sarcasm and disgust. This is, my, this is why it might be really hard for you. 
There has been great things that comedy has done using sarcasm to move societies forward, right? So I'm not saying that's, that it's never been good. But just ask yourself, how much chocolate cake do I need, right? How much of that ingredient do I need? And I've had enough of it right now. I don't need more comedy that's sarcastic, that's biting, that's discord-based, that's rage-based. So I've cut that out. Okay, so fast, fast, fast from those things. And number three, set. Set. Continue or start to what? Set your hearts on things above and set your minds on things above. Set, it takes, a, it takes an action for you to do this. If you drift through, your mind will be set for you. But you have the power. You can set your hearts on things above and set your minds on things above. So, I'm just going to put this last verse, the, the final verse back up there. Since then, you have been raised with Christ I so love that because it's in the past. It's a, story, it's, a, it's, a, it's a past tense. You have been raised with Christ. This is your status. That is who you are. That's so beautiful. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Because of that, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your God, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. It's so, it's so fantastic of a verse for you to ponder. So dwell fast and set. And I think, and I think you can find your way out of the woods that we've been in. That's what I think because I've been trying it. Okay, that's my mixtape. That's the thing I've been thinking about for a year now. And, um, I, and I hope you can use some of it. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, thanks for these thoughts, right? Thanks for this pondering. Thanks for the people around us who have, have thoughts like that too that we can talk to and process with. Thanks for verses in the Bible that, where Paul says these strong things where he says, you know, if you, if you have this, you're not going to be living a kingdom kind of life. It's just not. You're not. But if you have this, you're going to have the Spirit. Thanks for that. Thanks for those smart, wise words of Paul that came from you. Now I pray that we can soak in them a little bit and, and that we can be called forward by your Spirit into a new way of living, a new way of thinking that's a Spirit-led one. Amen. Amen.